Hello, welcome back to Control Alt Delete. Here is another episode of my podcast. This episode is part of a mini series with Dropbox. It's four episodes talking about creativity and collaboration with four amazing authors of the book Creative Superpowers. We talk about collaboration because I really wanted to talk about how to do more work in less time, how to get the most out of our creativity in the best possible way with the best possible tools. So Dropbox is the sponsor of this series, which helps teams all over the world stay in flow, move forward, create new things and work in a better, more efficient way. You've probably heard of Dropbox already, but have you heard of Dropbox Paper? I wanted to mention it because I've really enjoyed using it recently. You can access, edit and comment on documents and even when you're offline, which I found really useful. We kept ideas flowing for this episode. We all had a Dropbox paper document to organise this project. And even if you're on the tube or you're, you've got no signal or it's a bit patchy, your Wi-Fi or you're on a plane, you can just go on your phone and check the document. Um, you don't have to worry about emails coming in. So I found that really useful. So in these four episodes, I interview the co-authors about getting more stuff done and how to be adaptable and curious. This episode is with Daniele Fiandaka. We talk about his brilliant work with talking about masculinity and men in the workplace, how to have uncomfortable conversations, how to get out of your social bubble, how to connect with others and how to use tools to create a project you really care about. I think we need to talk more about men in the workplace and he has created a initiative called Token Man. Token Man focuses on talking about gender diversity and getting more men into that conversation and to inspire change. It's really great to see someone like Daniele tackling masculinity and talking more about it in the workplace. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I found it really, really interesting and I hope you do too. So here it is. Hi, I'm Daniele Fiendaka. I'm co-founder of Utopia, which is a business change consultancy. Uh, we help businesses um, become more purposeful, more entrepreneurial, and more inclusive. Amazing. I wanted to start off by just asking what creativity means to you. I know that's just because I've be, we've been talking about it so much today that I'm like, can we just redefine like what it actually is? That, that is such a brilliant question because I, I actually open that up uh, when we do the creative superpowers um, talk I did a talk this morning that's the first question I ask everyone and, I, and to be honest I don't I can't give you a I won't give you a definition I can tell you what 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 where I, where I think the problem lies with you know I used to be in advertising and you know the one thing I know that creativity does more than anything else is actually create value and I think that's where well, that's the thing I'm here is missing most of the time hardly anyone I've asked about 100 creative directors and not a single one of them talked about the value it created mm. so you'll have different definitions like connecting to connecting two different things to create something new it's probably my favorite quote you know that's that's Steve Jobs's uh, definition uh, I think anything that's about creating something new um, I think is a, is a really interesting definition I mean I, I go beyond just you know for me creativity is also problem solving um, I'm a creative with a small c um, I don't tell many people this, but uh, I'm actually a qualified chartered accountant. Uh, not many people believe me, but it's true. 
Um, and I definitely believe that you know everyone can be creative, and that's what a lot of what we do um, with the book, but also a lot of the work we do is actually just showing people how they can be creative and actually solve ideas. Mm, and how everyone can be creative then? Every, I mean, everyone was born creative. There's a brilliant word. Um, it's the Igbo word for creativity, uh, and directly translated, it actually means human ability. Mm. And I always talk about that word because it fundamentally shows that we were all, we are all creative. And if we look at the UK workplace, you know, it's a it's a horrible stat. You know, seventy five percent of you people in the UK are disengaged with work. And if you think about, we spend we spend more time at work than with our partners, with our family, with our friends. That's heartbreaking. And actually, a lot of that comes from the fact that, you know, the reason they're disengaged is because their seeking system has been turned off. You know, the part of the brain that actually makes you excited about the journey you go on as opposed to the end result. Uh, And, you know, it's really the Industrial Revolution that came in and and actually made people put processes in place to turn off that seeking system. And a lot of the work we do is going into businesses to turn that seeking system back on. Yeah. And with that definition that you said, you used the word human. Yes. It's human. It's 100% human. It's, 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 it's at our core. I mean, it's the thing that differentiates us uh, from animals. Because when it comes to bringing an idea to life, tools are really important. But that kind of light bulb moment of the idea, um, that, that does come from connection, doesn't it? We have some very big issues and very big problems that maybe keep, your, keep us awake at night, but we don't just sit there on our own and actually think about them. And I think the connecting things is really important because we do a lot of work in diversity. So we ran the Great British Diversity Experiment about three years ago and really looking at not proving diversity works for creatives, so we know it works, but actually trying to explain why it works and go back to that Steve Jobs quote about connecting two different things to create something new actually if you go deeper in the quote he talks about those things coming from experiences so the reason that we know that better business uh, comes from having more diverse teams is because the more people you have in the room with different experiences the more chance you've got to actually connect those experiences to create something new Mm -hmm. and that's where the magic happens and your passion for creating a diverse room i mean i i like to think everyone is on that mission um but did that come from a specific time where you were just looking around like why does that look the same it it did actually and it's kind of like um so about uh, five years ago, um, and it's funny how all these connections. There's a reason why I we have I have the co-editors that I have. Um, I used to run something called Creative Social, which was was a um, network for global creative directors, uh, and it wasn't diverse enough from a gender uh, perspective. It wasn't diverse, full stop. To be honest with you, but you could see the gender uh, immediately. Um, and so I asked Laura, Laura, who's um, yeah. co-editor, to help organise a dinner for me uh, because she co-founded She Says. And so she organised this dinner and I turned up to this dinner and it was myself and 12 uh, female creative directors. Um, and I sat down and, and you know, creative, creative Social was a side project, uh, which I turned into a, um, a business for a while. Um, and I turned up at this dinner. Um, I was head of innovation at, at a, an agency at the time. I hadn't thought about it, sat down. And most men, if, I, if you said I was going for a dinner with 12 women, would go, lucky you. <laughs> uh, and the reality is, was I, I really hated it. Um, and, I, and I hated it because the minute I sat down, it was as if this big 
hand came down from above and sucked away my confidence. And anyone that knows me finds it quite surprising that uh, all of a sudden I completely lack confidence. But in that particular environment, all of a sudden, I, 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 I don't know where it went. And all of a sudden, there were all these conversations happening around me I had no affinity to. So I felt really left out. And Lauren, and we've never actually spoken about this. She'll probably, she'll probably remember it from uh, listening to this podcast. Uh, but she, I was meant to be there to recruit them. And, and for the first time ever, and actually she has never done it since, she cut me off. She actually said, you know, you kind of had enough now. And these were things that I'd heard women say about being in senior management well I was just thinking that's how I feel when I'm at a tech conference I'm the only woman totally and you hear these things but you just don't believe them you don't really feel them and what happened was I just felt it and I went oh my god you know in that in that same dinner the the the, um I think someone started to about gender diverse and I think I said one thing and then realized I just need to shut up there was no way that I was going to be able to say anything because actually I was ignorant you know, I didn't understand the issues. And ignorance is a word that we talk about quite a lot because people use it for pejoratively. But actually ignorance is just saying you don't have the information. That's all it is. I think the second thing that happened was I did find myself at a conference where I was talking about creative social. And someone at the end of, uh, end of the event, someone at the back, uh, a woman, and I'm sure she wasn't aggressive, but what felt to me to be aggressive said, what are you doing about your gender diversity issue? And what happened was I got, I got defensive. And what happens when you're trying to, when you get defensive is you try and protect your position. And that doesn't help because it doesn't take you forward. And I came away quite frustrated and I just said, do you know what? There must be a better way. Uh, and so, um, and I came back from that particular, um, that particular experience and I, and I met a, a, a lovely lady called Emma Perkins who is now uh, running the uh, Legos uh, agency uh, across Europe. Um, she was a creative director and I started talking about this experience. What I loved about Emma is that every time as a man I said something stupid, she never judged me for it. She just asked me questions. Uh, and what, by asking me questions like why, it made me think. And as I thought, I actually started educating myself and I started unlearning so I could then relearn. And Emma just said to me, okay, you've, you've got this idea, you've had this idea for a while called Token Man. Let's do it. Let's do it. So three and a half years ago, we we, we launched Token Man. And Token Man is an initiative to get um, women, um, sorry, to get men into the gender equality discussion. We go in and say, actually, let's look at Let's look at some of the, the, negative, the negative aspects of what has been masculinity in the workplace and start to understand the impact, the negative impact it's having on both uh, on men, women and everyone else. Mm. You know, and I think that's the really key. And it's interesting now is even as token men, while, our, while, our, while we're trying to do is we're trying to, and again, this comes down back to hacking. You know, it's, it's every single time I was like, okay, I've spent so much time even in the last three years speaking at women's conferences. I don't need to speak at women's conferences. I need to speak to men. Mm. Yeah, that's what token man is, but we couldn't get men in the room. So what we've done is, okay, how can we solve this in a slightly different way? And so what we're doing is we're doing a masculinity in the workplace conference focused at helping men because we know that if we can get men to understand the benefits of being more vulnerable leaders, being more inclusive, of actually spending more time with their children, not only is it going to help men, but it's going to help everyone else. And it's just looking at the problem and going, okay, how else can I solve the problem? Because the thing I was doing before wasn't working. Mm. And I mean, back to this topic of collaboration, 
it's really interesting that you say that because in order to collaborate we all need to kind of trust each other and feel good um and what you've just said is really powerful because essentially you're willing to try and willing to learn and willing to like you know ask stupid questions which which i think is really good i ask stupid questions all the time do you think it's important to be then transparent when you're collaborating you know in the workplace saying what's going on in your personal life it's really interesting we, we we've just been working with with uh, a client um and you know that, that does come up i mean people people basically say my my private life is my private life my work life is my work life ultimately when you look at inclusion inclusion is about respecting that and giving everyone to have that that opportunity i can only give a personal perspective really because you only can look from personal and i'll go back to what i talked about before you know i spend so much time at work if i can't be myself at work what's the point we know that people that can come into work and be themselves and be their true selves are far more engaged. They're far more effective in what they're doing, and they can enjoy stuff more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I, and I would really struggle to go into work and, and separate those two things. It just isn't my my characteristic. And I think if we go more and, and actually, if we look at some of the issues that, that we're seeing in the workplace and what we're seeing, you know in terms of the amount of, you know, the, the level of suicides that's happening, especially among young, young men, is you know, how this kind of old-fashioned view of masculinity is really getting in the way of people being vulnerable. And, you know, what's interesting for me, I've been on a, a massive journey, and, you know, while I've just said to you um, that my kind of journey towards inc- moving into doing a lot of work around inclusion and diversity started with that take a man experience the truth actually is um, I was reading the um, beautiful book my wife gave me just um, before our wedding uh, and I, I'm not going to do it justice but fundamentally she she talked about um, you know where for her I changed was actually my brother died and seeing a, a, a vulnerability in me that she'd never seen before and actually, the truth is, when I read that, I realised that's my journey started. Um, and a lot of the work that we do is I don't want it to be grief that gets men to start realising that actually being vulnerable, sharing their feelings, is going to help them. Um, mm. You know, for me, it, it took that moment, and and you know, I, I'm I'm definitely a better human being as a result of that, and that's kind of my brother's gift to me. It's very true that, um, you know, being able to show all these different sides of us will benefit a lot of men in the workplace because it's unfair to have the standards put on you to always be fine or always be masculine, whatever that means, or to feel like you ha- your value in the world is like how much money you earn and how much you can provide. Totally. We're all so much more than that. Totally. And I, I heard an anthropologist the other day and he talked about how he did it. He just said men used to have to be peacocks. That was what, that's what we had to do. That was the construct. The world's just changed now. And so therefore what we've got to do is evolve and look at how we do that. But the reality is this, and it's no different to grief. You know, the change curve, the grief change curve is the change curve for everything. We as human beings don't like change. And the first thing that happens when we get change is we get frustrated, we get angry. And so a lot of the time you will see behaviour from people that are faced with change that you don't necessarily like. But, but the key is not to judge them because actually they're just being human beings. And, you know, it's really, it's really on one side, I'm kind of, you know, our job sometimes is to get people to the depression point so they can move forward. Because until they get to that depression point and go, actually, the world has changed, they can then go and then they can move Mm. forward. The people that you work with aren't the stereotypical, you know, people in London. You know, you do work in all sorts of fields. We work with corporates, uh, people that make bread, people who um, 
bottle, um, the drinks that we drink. You know, the we're we're, talk, we're talking to huge corporates and um, you know, and, and people that come from all walks of you know all walks of life. We were in Newcastle yesterday, uh, and you know, everyone has a different challenge. And you know, the interesting thing about inclusion, and I think that's the big change that we've made as we go into business. So we say, can we, in the short term, can we stop talking about diversity? Because the minute you talk to diversity, there's actually a lot of the people who and you know, let's be really clear, if you, if you type in the word privilege in, in Google, you will get someone that looks like me. I've been extremely privileged in my life and I recognize that. And actually my job as a leader is to pull people who haven't had that, the, the chance, opportunities I've had and bring them so they're actually on the same level. Um, and I think for me, um, what's really important, uh, I've completely lost it. We, we, oh, no, no it was exactly that though. <laughs> that, um, it sounds like being truly creative for you is getting out of a bubble. It's and we all need to. A hundred percent. I think for me, um, getting out of that bubble is fundamental. And so if I come back to the inclusion and exclusion is the opposite of inclusion is exclusion. And when you start ask, start with the question, when have you last felt excluded? It doesn't matter who someone is. They, they've got a story. And I think this is, you know, there is a big difference. My, my business partner, Nadia Powell, um, you know, I've learned a lot from her in the 18 months. It's my first female business partner. You know, and for her, uh, empathy is, she's got much better empathy than I have. She's got much better emotional intelligence than I have. You know, and I'm, and I'm starting to build those things more than every day. But fundamentally, for me, empathy also comes from really being able to understand what things feel like. And so when you start talking about exclusion... And you start saying, okay, when was the last time you excluded? People can feel in their hearts what that feels like. And then you can start talking about how certain people experience that every day. Mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's when you start really getting people to go, oh, my God. You know, is it, is it really like that? Because from my experience, most human beings are good. They just that, they have, an edu- they have a gap of knowledge. And when you start to fill that gap, they start saying, okay, how can I change to make, to be more inclusive? How can I change? And when you're more inclusive, then you naturally start saying, okay, how can I start putting people in that look different to me? I've got different experiences to me, are different ages to me, uh, have different sexual preferences to me. You know, once you start doing that, you start seeing people doing that naturally. And that's, and that's where it becomes really powerful. Mm. It sounds like, you have really powerful experiences um, on a day-to-day basis. How do you collaborate with people kind of when you're not face-to-face, when you are looking to technology or looking to tools? How do you collaborate with your team or with your clients? Or is there anything that you use that you could give us some tips on? Uh, We do a lot of work with clients about productivity and how to be more productive. But I think the key thing for me is if you look at something like technology, technology is only technology if it adds value. Uh, and at the moment, we do a lot of work around email training uh, and getting people to use email better. Mm. And there are tools out there, you know, the likes of Dropbox and Dropbox Paper, that just make it so much more, so much easier to collaborate. And so I, I think for me, it's looking for those technologies that just, you know, feel like magic because they're invisible. And once you get on them, you, you can't really expect a world with anything else. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where technology is, technology is really powerful, where it's invisible. And when, when it's been taken away, you really notice it. Yeah. You really notice it. For, and for the right reasons, because it stops you being productive. 
Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to currency, that's, you know, the most powerful one is time, isn't it? And, you know, I I try not to waste time, but we all, I I fall into that trap. But um, anything that saves time, I'm just massively into. Yeah. And and that's what happens. It it causes time. It causes delays because, um, you know, if we were if we were all as a team on Dropbox, the stuff would be there, I could access it. Instead, what I'm doing is going, okay, can you, I haven't got that file, can you send it to me? And you've got WeChat, and it just is, any single second, so I think, I, I'll get the wrong, the, the stats is if you're moving from one, one task to another, it takes 25 seconds to re, 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 kind of get your brain back into gear. So if you're starting something, you want to do it, and then all of a sudden you've got to delay that, you're losing time every time. Mm. And so every single time you do that, it really adds up. And I, I couldn't even imagine uh, if you added up all the time, the wasted time you've created, how much time you would create. And with, I mean, this is sort of linked, but um, with hacking, which you talk about a lot, for people listening, because they might not know really what that is, if it's not hacking into a computer and stealing data, yeah. what's the hacking that you talk about? Because that is to do with, you know, saving time as well, isn't it? What hacking is, is, is a smart way of solving problems. Yeah. So it's understanding that um, too many businesses go... Um, Okay, we've got this problem. What's the big? What's the big solution? Okay, and they get really stuck. I mean, the other thing that businesses get told a lot is operate like a startup. When you're working with a company that's got four thousand staff or twenty thousand, it's kind of that's kind of ridiculous. Then they, they straight away you you create a barrier. But if you start looking at what startups do, is all they do is they're constantly thinking. And they're looking at whatever product they've got and going, how can we fix it? What's broken? How can we fix that? And they make lots and lots and lots of fixes. Okay? What hacking is, and the hacking mindset, is just going, okay, here's a system. Yeah, very much like take a system which is um, the patriarchy or the current system that we have, and you go, uh, you know, the workplace and gender equality in the place and lack of diversity in the workplace. And we'll go, okay, let's take that and let's look at eight areas that we can look at. So let's look at leadership. Let's look at recruitment. Let's look at culture. Let's dig deeper into um, how we promote people. How, how are we giving flexible hours? How are we treating parents? What does the environment look like? And what you then do is you go, okay, what are the, all the barriers within those areas to then actually to inclusion and diversity? Right. Yeah, and so all of a sudden you can break that down and you can actually fill out a room with all those barriers the next stage is you then go okay we've got those barriers why, are those, why do those barriers exist and you do, the, you do the problem behind the problem so you ask the question why so for each of those barriers you go why and you might get two reasons you might get three reasons until you get as low down as you can yeah? and, you get to, and you get to the insight the problem behind the problem once you get the problem behind the problem you think, okay, how can I solve that? Yeah. It sounds a bit like therapy. Well, <laughs> no, but as in, you, you, it's quite vulnerable to admit these things. It take, does it take a while to get to the truth? Well, not really, because I mean, it, you know, I'm not really because a lot, a lot of them are actually common sense, and they're, they're things that just exist and people haven't thought about. And it, it all comes down to the world has shifted and the world has changed, and no one sat down and gone. Okay, so this world has shifted. What, does, what, does, what should a workplace now look like? 
So really all you're doing is going, okay, you've got all these changes that have happened. Like for a trans woman or trans man or someone that's non-binary, having all of a sudden unisex toilets is such a small change. But it makes a huge difference to people because it feels like you you understand and you're welcoming them. And all you're talking about is changing a sign in most cases. You know, and but it sounds like what you were saying about that initial defensiveness, I think everyone has that, that initial defensiveness. Well, well, to be honest, they have that initial defensive if you talk about diversity. They don't if you talk about inclusion. Mm-hmm. Because actually all, all of a sudden you're starting... It sounds like when people say the word feminist, people get a bit weirded out. But when you say equality, people are like, yeah, yeah, great, I'm on board. And 100%, that's a really good example. So if I'm a room full of women, I'll happily call myself a feminist at the beginning. But if I'm a room full of, with any men in it, I won't call myself a feminist from the outset. Because I know what it felt like to be a man on the other side and being introduced to someone as a feminist. Whether that's right or wrong... And I know feminism means equality, but I'm also, I also believe in language. And fundamentally, while I understand why it's, feminism is called, it's th- there's going to be a point at which you go, well, actually, fem's in the words, and therefore, it's actually shifting to one side. And you're using any language to get someone on side. So I'm it's, using so it's anything always... that's a barrier, I will not yeah. use. You know, but at the same time, it can also be very powerful for me to talk about being a feminist because actually I know how empowering it is and and I know also it just shows I do believe in equality and that's fundamentally what I do believe in so yeah I mean I think I think language language is really important I think so we work with Coco European partners uh, and one of the things I just thought was fantastic is we do as one of our workshops we actually get people to name three religious holidays Mm. Um, and we give them 10 seconds and then we ask them and we put up non- uh, non-Church of England, non-Catholic holidays are up on the wall. We say, how many of you s- said these holidays? Um, and you get about 40% would have talked about non-Christian holidays. And we just say, well, the reality is we get our holidays around Christian holidays. So we get to celebrate them because our holidays, you know, that's what happens, you know. So if we're not going out of the way of recognising other people's holidays that come from other religions, that's exclusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of one of the clients, which we did we did a hack, just said, "Well, how about we how about we just give people the option who, from other religions to actually work Good Friday and Easter Monday and swap it for their religious holidays?" And they did it this year. They mm-hmm. did it within six weeks. They turned that around, and sixty eight people took that. And those needs need to be recognised. Absolutely. So just lastly, um, my final question for you is: if someone listening right now is just having a bit of a block in general in their creativity they're working on side project or they're just feeling a bit stuck is there anything you can any advice you have so just take your i mean you you know this but take yourself away from it so uh the things that we use quite a lot um and again it comes down to that maker chapter get some lego out buy some lego and just make something you know really use anything that can bring you back to that childlike state of mind Mm. Um, you know, and Paul Smith talks about it a lot. You know, he 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 surrounds himself with toys and interesting objects. You know, and he talks about he does it to bring his child. Like my flat is full of vinyl toys. Um, you know, so I do have toys around me. Uh, although uh, I'm not sure that when the kids come, they get really frustrated because I don't let them play with them because <laughs> they they are collectors. Some of them are collectors' items. <laughs> um, but you know, I think. 
there, you know, there are key traits that we kind of forgotten from childhood. So fearlessness, curiosity. Um, you know, these are things that we just lose. So anything that can actually take you back to what it felt like to be a child mm. really helps unblock that thing. Even just the handwriting. Yes. Like forgetting kind of how to doodle or whatever. Totally. And I think so it's anything that just can take you away um, will make you, and it, it, you know, take, you know, um, one of my peers just, she just was, she was having a bad day. So she just took the day off. Is it, I'm not going to be productive today. I'm just getting stuck on this strategy. She took the day off and went and just did something else. Went to an art gallery, went to cinema. Um, mm. I love film, so I will often go to cinema. And I, and I, I probably have to say hello to Jason Isaacs. Um, so anything whatsoever that I think just allows you to free your mind is going to help you get back into that creative state. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for talking to me. That was Pleasure. so interesting. Okay. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank Thanks. you. Imagine a workplace with no distractions or disruptions. No endless searching to find the latest version. No constantly switching between apps. Now imagine a place where everything just flows. At Dropbox, we're building a home for all your team's work with a suite of tools that maximizes inspiration and minimizes distraction. Because when teams are in flow, everything just clicks. Visit dropbox.com forward slash flow. Dropbox. Keep teams flowing.